Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, we're really trying to grow the podcast and it would really help us if you would leave us a review. So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. We're back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here, coming to you the Flowwood Studios with Caleb. We're just going to go mono e mono today, and we're going to have a little discussion on programming. So what we're going to do, and this will be this will be fun. We'll I'll be interested to see where it goes, but we're going to talk about a week of programming for the class workouts at Coyote, and uh, this will be the programming for the week that this episode actually comes out. So we're going to kind of talk about the why of why we're doing. Uh, each workout each day and um caleb's gonna ask me some questions and we'll kind of go into depth on this and and uh should be a fun conversation i'm trying I'm, I'm gonna try really hard to represent every one of you really well here and ask the questions that you would ask um we get questions a lot about programming and i think for just for me kind of on the front end some of the purpose behind i think a lot of the questions we're going to ask and what we want to try to accomplish is help and understand and give you confidence to know that what you're doing is the best thing that you could do um, when you take a, a a longer period of time and look at the whole body of work and say we're trying to give you the best possible uh the the most work the most productivity for your effort and your time investment and that's the purpose of the programming is to try to give you um what we would what we would say is literally every ounce of effort and knowledge that we have to make it the best bang for your buck yeah for sure so this is definitely a uh, a iterative process that's taken many many years to, to kind of land on where we're at and uh basically how it all lays out is i kind of lay out uh, five, 10 week blocks throughout the year. Um, and there's also two extra weeks in there that are typically, um, holiday transition type weeks, but, uh, it's 10, uh, 10 weeks long. And it's a, basically a template that I'll follow in each, each week. I'll kind of go through for the following week and, and, um, see where we're at on the template and, and start coming up with a skeleton for the workouts for the, for the following week. And then, uh, kind of build upon that, uh, throughout the week. Uh, and, uh, so, Typically, it's you know it's not something that's done the night before Monday night Monday. It's not done Sunday night. It's done well in advance, and uh, there's a lot of things that come into play here um, that are taken in consideration, like what we've done the week before, what what part of the year we're in. We kind of try to periodize period period periodize things um, based off where we are in the year and um, what kind of focuses we want to have. But basically, it uh, it starts from that template, depending on where we're at in the in the ten week cycle. And uh, this following week, I think, is going to be week seven of our uh, of our ten week cycle. And um, basically, throughout the ten weeks, the template is designed to to make sure we have a, a good distribution of a uh, good amount of strength movements, Olympic lifting movements, uh, couplets, triplets, chippers, interval type workouts, all those types of things to make sure we're hitting lots of different variety. But the ultimate goal is to um, keep everybody uh, on their toes, keep their body. Uh, guessing and making progress and helping them achieve their their health and fitness goals in the uh, most efficient way possible. The biggest thing for me that I take away from that is I think for most people they think that we're very it 
they think that I think programming sometimes is just on on a whim because that's how we would do it if we were to set up our own programming. We would just kind of say, all right, what do I want to do this week? And you'd take very small, you'd be basically trying to go on a journey by just staring at your feet. And one of the things that Hunter's done is creating a template that gives you a skeleton that's purposeful, that has the long term in mind. And that is the biggest thing that I think people don't realize is how far in advance the workouts are are done. And also realizing that movements for the most part are um, can be interchangeable, or at least the categories of movements can be interchangeable. But the skeleton that he's talking about is basically giving you different categories of movements and putting them often enough to make progress, but not so often that your body or you get bored by the monotony. And so that's one of the biggest challenges, I think, with programming is how do you make it to where it's fun and engaging and different, but also similar enough so that your body can adapt to uh, a new stimulus or a, a new challenge as you go through movements. And so that was one of the questions that I had is, so as you think about this skeleton of movements, how do you choose, so say a strength movement, for instance, how do you choose whether it's going to be back squat, front squat, deadlift, shoulder press, push press, you know, deadlift from the strength category, where do you decide throughout the year, certain big strength movements go? Well, we always base everything around, uh, those, those basic functional compound movements of upper body would be shoulder press, push press, and some bench press. And then the uh, lower body would be back squat, front squat, and deadlift. And we always try to base everything around that. And, uh, basically in the 10 week template, it, you where we have a certain amount of each of those that I'm shooting to hit. And then depending on the time of year, like right now we're doing, we're, uh, doing some lower reps, higher sets type stuff. And then later on in the summer, we'll go into some lower sets, high reps type stuff, depending on the type of year, the time of year is, is what it'll vary on that, but we'll always base stuff around that. And so, you know, the given week is dependent on, you know, kind of where we're at on the template as far as what we're going to be doing. But I try to make sure we hit each of those a, a, a good amount of times. I think it t comes out to be three or four of each of those every 10 weeks. Um, and we'll kind of alternate days. I, I'll, I, Typically, they'll fall on Tuesdays and Fridays, but a lot of times I'll like to change that up just to keep people on their toes and move it to a Monday or, or a Thursday uh, as well, just because some people can only come on certain days and we'll make sure everybody gets gets the opportunity to that. But just in general, the whole uh, concept of programming is walking a fine line between doing too much and not doing enough, um, doing too much, not, not doing too much so that people start getting hurt or having trouble recovering. Uh, but doing enough to where they're continuing to make progress and helping them achieve their goals. And that's where the track system comes in. And, um, you know, that, that, that type of thing, it really helps lots of different people achieve their goals and kind of doing the same workouts, just a different, uh, different spin on it, a different variation of it. And then also, uh, the cycles that we do are always in full done in the competition program. So the competition program that we do runs uh, alongside the, the, the class workout and the competition program always starts with the class workouts. And so the full cycles will always be done in there. In, in there. So people, if people are ever asking if you know they want to do a back squat cycle or something, I can say, well, we're always doing cycles. It's just every single week you'll be doing it in competition as opposed to like once every three weeks in class. Um, because people that are doing competition are going to be having a little bit more time to do it. They have uh, a little bit more uh, to devote to recovery and, and that type of thing so that they can do it and, and, and make progress. Cause the, 
the biggest thing we want is people to have fun and stay engaged over an extended period of time, you know, over years. And I think that's something we've done well is because we have, you know, we have people that have been coming for 10 years and they're still enjoying it. Um, and then also being able to minimize, uh, the risk of injury and the amount of, uh, overwork that people might get, uh, or burnout or, um, you know, plateau. And so those are always the things we're working to try to, uh, to make sure we're doing. Let's talk about the week. So this is going to be the week that starts on the 24th of April. Um, let's take a look. Let's just go through the days. Is yeah. that what you were thinking? So we start with Monday. Um, and, you know, we're not going to talk about mobility for every day, but I think it would be helpful to know lacrosse ball or foam roller. How do you decide which one it is? So lacrosse ball typically is going to be on a little bit more of an intensive strength day. So you'll notice we typically always do lacrosse balls on the – uh, Olympic lifting days or some, some of the heavier strength days. I try to get at least three lacrosse ball days in, uh, a week. I know people don't enjoy it as much cause it hurts worse, but it really to me is a huge game changer as far as being able to pinpoint areas that are tight and work on areas that are going to help us get into a better position. So you can, you can typically, uh, determine the more complex the movements are the probably the more mobility and soft tissue work you need before doing so and so that's why we do lacrosse balls on a little bit more complex movement days um, that's not always the case but in general that's going to be be the case for that and I always try to really encourage people to to do those because if if they will dedicate that five minutes of doing a lacrosse ball before doing a snatch or a front squat or whatever it is it's going to help them get into a better position when they're actually doing the movement so they're able to lift more weight uh, get more out of it, um, which is ultimately going to help them get fitter. One thing that we've done in the last couple of years, we've added in, and we do this a lot, is I think second most to like a lacrosse ball for our warm up is that that secondary warm up that's a little bit of a mobility, but we do a lot of scap work in that. So why just quickly, why do we do um, the scap pull up, scap push ups, band pull apart so often? Um, just because modern society, we always sit, our shoulders get rounded forward, and our traps get dominant, and people just get in a bad position to where they can't, you know, get a bar overhead in a good position without arching their back or um, they end up overusing their traps. And so the scap push-ups, scap pull-ups, all that's to, to improve that upper back mobility so that the shoulders will sit back and down so they can get in a better position. Um, and so it's going to, you know, help promote blood flow to those muscles and hopefully be able to activate them a little bit so that when we do actually do the movements, we'll use those muscles instead of, you know, the upper traps that get so dominant. That's also why we always do the trap release because people's traps get so dominant when they move that that's why we, uh, we always want to try to release that a little bit so we can try to use the lower traps and pull the shoulder blades back and down when we're, when we're doing movements and get in a better position. So with we, when we go to the push press for the first strength movement for the week, um, just something a little bit unique. We've got three, three reps on a push press, five sets. Um, the Every two minutes, again, for people that, that maybe don't know, where does that come from? The main reason for that is just to keep, keep the class moving, keep, on, keep a, a rest set because if left to their own devices, people end up resting a lot longer than they need to and then they run out of time. So it's just a great way to keep the class moving. Um, when we do it in extra work, I typically don't, I won't do that as often. I'll just kind of leave it up to the, to the athlete to kind of determine their rest or maybe give a minute, minute and a half, two minute rest. But even, um, when we're saying rest a minute after each set, people are a lot of times losing track of where they're at, uh, forget to look at the clock and count their minute rest or whatever. So, cause they, you know, people get in groups and they start talking. So every two minutes is a great way to get a good amount of rest so they can continue to make progress, but still work in a, in a group setting. And so, you know, when it, with the class workouts, a lot of a lot of the consideration has to be, well, how how is this going to play out when there's 20, 25 people in class? And so you have to keep that in mind as well. 
Um, but yeah, for the push press, it's five sets of three and this is building. So, um, sometimes of the year we'll do like accumulating reps and stuff like that. But this first off season cycle, we, we've kind of started with higher reps and are working towards lower reps and each set we're kind of building in weight because ultimately the amount of volume that's done is going to be a little bit less the amount of work done because um, if you're going to do five sets of three, keep the weight the same across, you'd end up lifting more weight over the five sets. But as you build, the volume is going to be a little bit less. It's going to be a less, less beating on your body. And so as we're going into the off season, this is a great way to kind of start ramping up the amount of work you're doing um, without really starting to, to be super sore, you know, that you can't do anything for a week or whatever the case may be. And then as we get later on, uh, have done some of these, then we'll start doing, you know, three sets of 10 or whatever, where the rep stays the same or five sets, even five sets, of three, where the reps stays the same. So that's kind of the play on that. And then the other option. So we added this option, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, the accessory strength option, which has been a great addition for people. It's a great way for people to be able to come in, um, work out without having to touch a barbell if they don't want to. And they're still going to be, it's always going to be focused on using the same muscles, just in a, di a little bit different way. So a lot of times it'll be single arm or single leg work or just same muscles, just with a little bit different variation on it. So it's a great way for people to, to, to work the same type of muscles they're going to be doing with the push press, but instead doing it with a little bit lighter uh, weight and a little bit more controlled setting with, you know, with dumbbells. So they'll do the dumbbell push press, uh, the dumbbell front raises, and then the, the ring rows. So that's another thing we're doing after the push press is we're doing ring rows after each set to really try to uh, counterbalance the, the pushing with the upper body, upper back pulling and, and trying to keep our shoulders in a good position and working those, that accessory movement right after the uh, push press. One thing that I'll just say a note for, you know, you, you had mentioned for people who maybe don't want to push a heavy barbell. Um, there is an aspect of some of the barbell lifts that there's so many technical components to it that if you really are, are an athlete that's looking more for a physique, type of a workout, you know, even with the push press, you're talking about 15 total reps. Um, you're getting those, you're getting the ring rows in there, which is a little bit unusual, but I think for a lot of people, the accessory strength work is a really great way to get more volume. So if you're wanting to, you're thinking, all right, I really care about my physique more. I want my shoulder muscles or I want my biceps or triceps to be bigger. Um, an option is to that accessory strength is going to give you on average, it's going to give you a lot more volume of pushing. So would you suggest for athletes that their goal is mainly physique? Um, would you say that the accessory work is a better option or to do the strength work or just to continue to kind of mix it up and, and do both? I don't think there's, uh, I think you'll get, get there either way. Um, it really depends on the person. Some people enjoy lifting heavier weights and are able to push it on that. And they're going to get a lot out of that. Some people, uh, would just rather do higher reps and uh, lower weights, and that's fine too. It really depends on the person and your preference. Um, either way is going to help you um, make you know make progress and putting muscle on and um, that type of thing. And I've I've put muscle on doing both both of those options plenty of times. And so there's not really um, one way that's better than the other. It really just comes down to what they prefer to do better. All right, so we go to the workout. The workout today is a 15-minute AMRAP. Um, of course, you see uh, there's a couple different tracks, but in this workout, there's no weights. So uh, it looks like the, the four different tracks are all very, very similar. 15-minute um, AMRAP, you've got 15 burpees to a 6-inch target. Um, that's for everybody except for the sweat track. Um, then you've got 15 or 12 calories on the bike or the rower. Uh, again, everybody, all three tracks or all four tracks have an option to do the bike or the row. And then you've got single unders, double unders, uh, 
as options for for that workout. So no barbell, no no weights on this one. Looks like it's just going to be some cardio. Yeah. So this is a longer AMRAP, a longer cardio. The goal is to get that 80, 90 percent and keep moving. Um, and I like this type of workout when we're coming off doing some higher volume stuff and people are feeling a little bit beat up because they're going to get a great workout without really beating their bodies down too much. Um, I like to put machines in a lot as far as like when we're doing AMRAPs and stuff like that, because it takes the amount of reps down and doesn't beat the body up as much, but you're still getting great work out of it. And so, um, this is one of those workouts where it's going to be a, a, you know, a longer cardio workout. We just lifted some weights beforehand. Um, the, the triceps and shoulders are going to be tired, so it will affect the burpees a little bit. And it's also going to affect the double unders or single unders, um, a little bit more than you realize, but this is one of those where it's meant to be you know, you, you move at the same pace. Every round should be close to the same pace. You're feeling like you're at 80 to 90% effort the whole workout. Uh, you know, people will probably get somewhere around five rounds for the top, top scores. That's around every three minutes. Um, if you're looking at that, so the 15 burpees is six inch that I'd say roughly a minute, 15 cows, roughly a minute, a little bit less 60 double unders, you know, a little bit less than a minute. So, um, I would say five plus will be what the top people will be getting on this. And so this will be one of those that, um, the goal is to keep moving, start the week off, uh, get, you know, another, another consideration I have is Mondays. I always want to try to make a workout. That's a little bit, uh, less, um, intensive as far as the skill and the movement capacity. That's not always the case, but a lot of times I like to make something that people will want to come in and do on Monday and kind of ease back into the week. Cause most people are not doing anything on Sunday. So that's another consideration I have as well. All right. Well, moving on to Tuesday. Um, so Tuesday, again, we, we talked about the mobility and we won't go through that. A lot of that is very similar each day because we know what works and what's most common. Um, but as we move into this, we're going to a gymnastics day as opposed to a strength day. What is your just again, quickly, what is kind of the balance that you try to strike between some of the things we do before the um, before the workout of the day. So gymnastics or strength work, we've added that mobility in. We'll get to that later in the week. Um, but how do you decide if there's strength work, gymnastics, or if there's nothing, we just go straight to the workout? Um, I typically try to have something before the workout um, because I want people to get as most out of their hour as they can. Um, like I said, the, the template, I kind of split everything up throughout the whole 10 weeks, make sure we're doing an even amount of everything. Uh, gymnastics is one of those where um, I'm trying to make sure we're getting at least one gymnastic session every week. Some weeks we have two, depending on the week, you know, uh, and I'll, I kind of look at it also like on a week to week, uh, basis and looking at like the previous week, we did a lot more weightlifting. So this week it's going to be a little bit less, you know, that type of thing. I'll look at that or lat the, you know, vice versa. Uh, but gymnastics is something that is a great, great tool to develop upper body strength, um, coordination, flexibility, stamina, all that type of stuff. And so, um, it, with the gymnastic stuff, we really want to try to give people either the option to progress on skills uh, that they want to get better at, or if they're not super interested in getting better at gymnastic skills, still doing movements that are go they're going to get a lot of benefit out of, um, but just are lower skills. And so you you can see we have you know basically two options for each minute, you know, and we're doing the EMOM format just like I mentioned previously to keep everybody moving and keep keep the class um, getting this done in a timely manner, but it's either three weighted pull-ups or strict six strict pull-ups, or they can also do strict banded pull-ups as needed. So pretty much that applies to anybody that can do that. 
And then we got the wall walks or the top of push-up shoulder tap. So working the same muscles, just in a little bit different way, a higher skill, lower skill. And we also allow people to, uh, to modify the wall walks based on how far back their hands go. Um, and then you got the top of ring dip hold and people can do that or they can add, add a band. But I really, uh, especially in the off season, like I would consider this time off season, I like to do a lot of holds because it builds strength in positions that is going to allow you as you get into doing the more dynamic gymnastics movements, you, you're you have built position in that, um, strength in that position so that you're able to handle the higher volume and be able to, to progress in that a little bit more. So we go to the workout next, the workout today, um, has thrusters and a rare box jump over, which, um, I know is, is something that we don't do on a weekly basis, but, uh, this workout is 2015, 10, five of thrusters paired with 40, 30, 20, 10 on the box, step over or jump over. So it's, thrusters and then you double the reps for the box jump over um, or the box step over so with the box jump over I know one thing that we try to do is encourage people to step down off the box but when you look at these two movements um, what is what is the intensity that you're looking for um, both of these may be movements that bring the anxiety level up for some people and when you put them together it kind of looks like a workout that may be kind of scary but what is the what's the approach you're looking for in a workout that has um, has these two movements in it. Yeah. So if you'll, you'll start by looking at yesterday was a aerobic type workout because, um, today is going to be a thruster, um, workout that's going to, you know, beat the body up a little bit more. And so, you know, it's one of those things where these both workouts were meant to go together so that, you know, you're not doing too much two days in a row. Um, so that's the first thought, but <clears throat> the thruster is definitely one of those where, Whenever you see thruster, it's typically going to be an intense workout, a fast pace, trying to keep moving. Anytime you see descending reps, that means the intensity is meant to be high because as you get tired, you're doing fewer reps as you go along. And then I don't like to do box jump overs a ton just because I know um, a lot of people like to rebound those. And that just to me, the, the, the risk of injury, I've seen people at competitions tear their Achilles doing box jump overs. And so it's just not worth it to me. And so I prefer not to do those. I prefer to do the burpee box jump overs to, to take the, the uh, rebound out of it. And I'll always put in the notes, highly recommend not rebounding these, at least pause on the ground for a split second before going into the same one. But some people, you know, that, you know, everybody's an adult, so they're going to do what they want to do. If they want to do that to go faster, that's fine. That's on them. Uh, that's up. That's their choice. But so you, you, I always, whenever I'm looking at workouts, I'm always going to add the reps up and, and, and look at it that way. So that's 50 thrusters. So Fran has 45 thrusters. So it's a little bit more than Fran. And then you got a uh, hundred box jump over. So this should definitely be a shorter workout, probably, you know, five minutes, um, for the top, top score somewhere, maybe even faster than that. Um, so it's one of those, uh, picking a weight, trying to go close to unbroken, keep your rest short, keep moving, making sure you pick your feet up on the box jump overs. And, you know, this is definitely an intense, intense workout as well. Um, and we, we cannot, we didn't talk about the sweat workout yesterday. The sweat workout was very similar to the uh, regular workout, but the sweat, I always try to, to be around the same amount of time frame or, uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit longer just to make sure people are getting a good workout. And one thing that, I, that I've started doing in the sweat is like, um, adding in extra calories on a machine just to make sure they're not doing too much of one or the other. So if they were just doing thrusters and box jumps, box step overs, they would end up doing a ton, a ton of thrusters because, you know, the amount of time it take them to do 12 box step overs would not be a whole lot. So that's why we add the 12 cow bike row to be able to continue to get a good workout in without beating their body up by doing, uh, too much, too much reps on the, uh, on the thruster there. 
All right, so thrusters box jumps, five minutes. You heard it here first, everyone. Um, so we go to Wednesday, and this is a, this is a day I know people people uh, at this point in the week, sometimes people have come two days in a row, and this may be a day off for a lot of people, but this is also the first partner workout that we have. Um, on this particular Wednesday, midweek, we have some accessory strength work to get in. Um, and so we can talk about the accessory strength work a little bit and how we try to balance those out. But we also then are going to talk about the partner workout. The partner workout today is um, has and oftentimes, as you'll see, the partner workout has movements where you do them together. Sometimes it'll have movements where you alternate back and forth with your partner. So it has some built in rest. Um, and in fact, from what I've seen, it always has. Um, some aspect of it where you go back and forth with a partner. And so I'd like to get your thoughts on what do you think the greatest benefits are on a partner workout in general? I have some thoughts after doing that, but um, why do we do partner workouts twice a week? A couple of things I like. Uh, number one, it's a mental break. Uh, it's a great mental break in the middle of the week because a lot of times people will put a lot of pressure on themselves to perform well. And the partner workout is a great opportunity um, to be able to kind of come in, have a little bit more relaxed day. You're not putting so much pressure on yourself. Maybe you get to meet a new person and do the workout with them. Um, it's also a great way to work a little bit different where you're getting work rest, interval type workout, and it's not going to beat the body up as much. If, if you'll notice, a lot of times the partner workouts are more basic movements. Sometimes we'll do higher skill type things, but they're typically more basic movements uh, where you know it's more of an aerobic type workout, longer workout where you're getting more rest and that type of thing. Um, it's just a great middle of the week break break and so i i always like to never go more than two days in a row with like high volume high intensity type stuff so that's why we do the monday tuesday thursday friday which is going to be the uh individual workouts more intensity more weightlifting, more gymnastics that type of thing and then wednesdays and saturdays are going to be you know saturdays is just the workout and then wednesdays is typically going to have either accessory strength or a skill session or maybe some core and then a partner workout as well to kind of give a break in the middle of the week so we're just not beating people into the ground um every single day and allowing people to you know, continue to make progress um, week after week, year after year, and continue to come, you know, four, five, six days a week. I noticed in this one, we actually, so the workout for the day um, is three rounds for time, an 800 meter run together. Of course, the sweat track has the option to do 50 calories on the machine um, if you don't want to run, uh, but then it's got kettlebell swings and then a synchronized movement. So for the fitness, it's synchronized straight leg sit-ups and then performance and competition, synchronized toes to bar. So this is the first time I can remember having synchronized toes to bar uh, in, think, in I, the workout. I think we've done it before. It's been a long time, but I, I like to do synchro stuff from time to time because it, it throws a little... Uh, you know, a little twist to a movement that a lot of people are used to doing and it, it requires a lot more teamwork and focus on the actual movement and your pace and your speed of your kip and all that type of stuff. And so synchro toes bar will be fun. You know, it's 120 kettlebells, so 60 each. So it's not a ton of kettlebells there. It's going to be a lot of the running and then getting the synchros down because it'll end up being 60 toes to bar because you have to do those synchros. So that'll be fun. That'll be interesting to see how people play, play with those and do that. Um, and then the synchro, uh, sit-ups as well is another thing that just it, you have to you have to focus on something other than just yourself you have to focus on other people the other person that's moving uh the sweat version um you know typically it's going to be an interval type workout as well it's just basically they're going to get 30 seconds rest after the run and we always on the sweat give a, a machine calorie option because some people you know can't run or don't don't like to run or it hurts their knees or whatever so we'll have always have a, a calorie option and then they'll do 30 swings, 30 sit-ups, and then 30 seconds rest. So basically still getting the interval type thing. But 
Uh, they won't get as much of a rest because in the regular workout, you're running together, you're doing synchronous toes to bar. So really the only rest is going to be during the kettlebell swings on this one when your partner's going. Um, I did want to talk about the accessory strength before we move on. So accessory strength, I'm always trying to, to work on movements that are uh, muscles that don't get worked on as much in the regular workouts. And so typically it's going to be a lot of glutes, lower, you know, lower traps, um, some shoulder type things, uh, you know, upper back, that type of stuff that doesn't get worked as much in, in the workout. So that the main goal of this is to help us uh, keep our body healthy and continue to progress. So we're doing close grip bench. So this is more of a tricep movement and we did a lot of pressing Monday and Tuesday. So this is meant to be, you know, 20 reps is a lighter weight. It's really just more trying to flush everything out than anything else. And then we got the thumbs out barbell bent over row. So this is a different variation where it's the thumbs out. It's going to make you work a little bit lower in the back than the thumbs, uh, in. So I like this variation from time to time. And then the, uh, the goblet walking lunges and the weighted glute bridges is just a couple of glute exercises there as well. Um, so, uh, definitely a, more of a glute day with those and then the kettlebell swings. So it should be a, so it should be a good day. One thing I like about the accessory strength work that, um, that often we may not think about, but I, I've noticed with our programming, especially as we try to do things that, um, you, you have an opportunity to do, uh, individual arm or individual leg movements and so you can see every time it happens someone becomes really aware of some of the imbalances that maybe they have left to right um, and so I think for for a lot of people you kind of maybe can look past that part of the programming but it's super important for us and you know you do a thruster and you're not thinking about is my left leg or my right leg using more but over time um, if we only do the traditional crossfit movements then it can it can um you can be unaware of some imbalances that have that can lead to injury over time and you just don't realize it. And yeah, so for sure. things like the walking, you know, the walking lunges uh, that we do are, are going to give you that, that option. Um, yeah. All right, moving on to Thursday. So we've got Thursday, we've got another, uh, this is an Olympic lift. So this is the first Olympic lift strength work day. We've got a hang, uh, a hang snatch. So with the hang snatch, this is a question I got last week, but what, where do you decide which of the variations of whether it's a hang or three position or a pause or from the floor or a combination of power and squat? Is there necessarily a need to be very specific about that? Or are you just trying to create some sort of variance in the different positions for the, for the folks that are doing the Olympic lift? Um, it's just a different variation, a different way to work on a movement from a different position. You know, going from the hang takes a lot of the complexity out of it because a lot of people will miss the lift because of the pull from the, from, uh, from the first pull from the ground. And so if we can take that out of the equation, it makes it a little bit easier. We could just focus on pulling under. And then now we give people an option of between power and full snatch. Uh, so we just let people kind of play around with that and do what they want to do, what they prefer to do. Um, and, uh, or mix and match, whatever the case may be, but it's really just always trying to do a different variation. Um, so we're always, uh, working the movements in a little bit different way. So we're always progressing as opposed to always doing it one way. Um, so the goal here is to be add weight each set, but really focusing on technique more than anything. So really trying to tell people to focus on their footwork, fast turnover, that type of thing. Snatch is something that some people love. Some people just don't care to do at all. So we also have the accessory strength option. That's going to work, you know, the similar muscles, uh, we got the single arm dumbbell high pulls, lateral dumbbell raises, dumbbell shrugs, and then dumbbell bent over rows. So working the shoulder and upper back, um, and pulling and lats, the pulling muscles, just the same as you would with the snatch, just with the dumbbell. So, um, that'll be a, a good start to the day. Um, then we'll go into the, the workout. So the workout's going to be another longer AMRAP. 
It's going to be two 10-minute AMRAPs, basically with a two-minute rest. So it's basically a 20-minute AMRAP with a two-minute rest at halftime. Um, so 10-minute AMRAP, <clears throat> 20 calorie, 15 for ladies, 15 wall balls, 10 pull-ups or chest to bars rest two minutes and then pick back up where you left off after the two minutes. So if you'll notice on this, the 10 pull-ups is not a ton of reps there. So um, pull-ups is uh, definitely one of the movements I really try to monitor how often we can do it. I try to limit it and not do it a, a super ton amount because it's definitely something that uh, people can um, start developing shoulder pain by not using their lats correctly um, from this. And that's why we'll do a lot more strict pull-ups than kipping pull-ups typically but there is a place to do them from time to time. Um, but in this case, uh, I wanted to do an amount of reps where they're able to do close to unbroken and keep moving the whole time. This is another one of those aerobic, keep moving, longer workouts. The 15 wall balls hopefully should be unbroken the whole time. And then a, a, a big portion of the workout is going to be on the machine. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> each time you're on the machine is going to be at least a minute probably. And so you add that up over the, you know, five, you know, five, six rounds you're getting a big chunk of the workout in on the machine. And so um, that's kind of what I'm looking at in here. I wanted to have some other movements that are non-cardio based, but also movements that you can keep moving. So this is more of a, a max aerobic power session is, is uh, in, in other people would call this, uh, this term, terminology, but it, the really goal is keep moving 10 minutes, take a two minute break, keep moving the same pace the whole time, 89% effort the whole time. And then the sweat is the almost the exact same thing, except it's ring rows instead of pull up. So um, one of those long aerobic workouts, keep moving, keep that steady pace and, um, and, you know, go for 22 minutes. All right, moving on to Friday. So Friday, um, you know, we've got four days of programming beforehand. So this part of the program, I know we always take into account the fact that it is towards the end of the week. Um, so as we look at the workout, you can see we've got a mobility session. Um, this is new to the program. We get compliments uh, on this actually, and I'm get, getting one or two every week of people going out of their way to say how much they enjoy this part of the program. But um, we've added 15 minutes of mobility in. And I think one of the biggest benefits I've seen for people is not only does it add some creativity for oh, this is a stretch I didn't necessarily think about. So we're trying to help educate people on what are the most common sources of pain and what do we, what would we suggest to, to work on that? Where does that pain come from? And so, uh, so you get a variety in there, but it also helps people see how long a minute is. And I think this is funny because uh, when we first started doing this, about 50 seconds in, people are like looking around and maybe they just stop. And so when you would say, oh, you know, stretch one minute, it doesn't sound that like that long, but when you're actually doing it, it really does start to, to add up. So it gives us more than just that 30 seconds on each side or a 20 second kind of quick thing like we do sometimes to get warmed up or for a cool down at the end of class. But it really helps people sit in the stretch for a little bit longer than we normally do. Do you have any other thoughts on on why you've added that in the last couple of months? Um, it's just one of those things that it's always a huge issue for just about everybody and um, I was been trying to think about ways to help, you know, continue to decrease the amount of injuries that we have, the pain that people have, helping them continue to make mobility progress. Cause I know that like, if you improve your mobility drastically, it's going to improve your performance more than just about anything. Um, keep you healthy, keep you feeling better, all that type of stuff. And so this is something I wanted to try and people have really enjoyed it. So I really like it, but the mobility focus is always going to be on the problem areas that I always see traps, hips, glutes, 
Um, and then like some lacrosse balls in the areas that people typically have like quads because that'll help with knee pain, um, lats that'll help with shoulder pain, that type of thing. So we're always going to try to focus on the areas that, um, are, um, you know, people have issues with because we sit at desk all day. And so there are certain areas that everybody has trouble with. So that's what it's always going to focus on. But I've really enjoyed, uh, seeing how people have, have really, uh, you know, come into this with an open mind and really gotten a lot out of it. So it's been good. So, um, and then we'll go to the workout. So if you kind of look at Monday, Tuesday and Thursday and Friday are very similar in that there's one long aerobic day and one short sprint day. Um, it's not always like that. Um, you know, if you look at our workouts over time, I'd like for the average workout to be somewhere around 12 minutes, 10 to 12 minutes. Um, so sometimes that means longer and shorter. Sometimes that means a bunch of workouts around the 12 minute pay. Uh, but to me, that's kind of like the sweet spot of average over time of being able to keep the intensity high in a workout. So we had the longer workout on Thursday. So we got the shorter workout on Friday with a minute rest as well. So this is one of those where the, the it's meant to be a fast pace, 10 clean and jerks, 10 burpee box jump overs, rest a minute, five rounds for time. The clean and jerk weight should be either fast singles or be able to string reps together here and then pushing the pace on the burpee box jump over. So I mentioned earlier that I like, I prefer burpee box jump overs more than box jump overs. So this will be, you know, this will be the second time we do jump overs, but it's a little bit different variation on this as well. Um, with the minute rest, the goal is to try to push the pace on each, each round here, try to go hard. Uh, then the sweat AMRAP, sweat track is going to be a 10 minute AMRAP. And it's going to be the same thing, except they're going to do dumbbell hang clean and jerks, 10 each arm. Um, and then the burpee box stepper jump overs, and they also get a one minute rest as well. So this is kind of finishing the week off. We did a long aerobic workout yesterday. We're going to do a, a short power output type workout with rest in there as well on uh, on to finish finish the week off. One thing I noticed too that some of the times when we do these, uh, we do workouts that are very similar, uh, but when the reps start to go up, allowing the athlete to go ahead and have that minute rest is going to keep the intensity high and not just teach you to go slow. I know we did a workout maybe three weeks ago that was very similar clean and jerk 10 clean and jerk 10 burpee box jump over but it was three rounds for time and what that was it was it was short enough you know 30 clean and jerks was not so much volume that you were gonna have to just overpace and go slow you're gonna be able to push the intensity but now we're going to 50 and we're building building in the rest so you're still getting that same intensity uh and so i think one thing that's I've appreciate about the program and when I see it not done correctly, it just kind of stands out. But you know, if this workout were five rounds of 10 and 10, just straight through, it would be a completely different workout. If you almost, uh, if you almost doubled that. So, um, what is, you know, just any thoughts about what is, you know, how do you balance out? When do you add rest to keep the intensity high? What's too much, uh, in terms of that volume? How do you try to draw the line between not doing too much volume and also keeping the intensity high? What do you mean? So, like, for instance, this workout, if we were to do... Um, Just fi- without the rest? Yeah, without the yeah, rest. What are you building compl- that rest That would be for? more of a slog of a type workout. This is... Like it just depends on the on the purpose of the workout. So this, like I said, this is meant to be more of a sprint type workout based on what we did the, the rest of the week. We've done a couple longer workouts, so we did we a couple shorter sprinter ones. If we had had, if all the workouts this week had been around the eight to twelve minute mark, um, and we wanted another, you know, ten to fifteen minute workout, we would have taken the rest out and. Um, that would have been that would have been the case because people would have had a you know fifty clean jerks fifty burpee box jump overs, they would have had to pace that and it would just been a completely different stimulus, you know. So it just depends on what the intended stimulus is for the day and basing it off of what we've done the the rest of the week and you know other weeks. And so like I said, I always want to do lots of different variations stimuluses so people are always you know getting a little bit different 
uh, reaction from their body depending on the workout. And so not to say we wouldn't ever do a workout like that, but on this particular day, I wanted something that was short and fast and intense. And so that's where the, the rest came in. And one thing I appreciate too, is that when you see similar workouts, there's actually, it, it may look similar, but it also is, can be very different when it comes down to the details of why you're doing it. So, yeah. um, it adds in variety, even when you're doing similar movements that you feel like you've done before. So we go to Saturday and this is a, again, end of the week, last workout of the week for us. We've got a partner workout, um, three rounds for time. We start with a run, but in this run, as opposed to running together, like on Wednesday, it's going to be alternating 400 meters with your partner. So that's going to be a little bit longer work set, but also the equivalent, hopefully pretty close to the equivalent amount of rest. And then we've got jump rope, um, single unders. You've got uh, the double unders as traditional for performance. And then the competition is doing crossovers. We can talk about that in a minute. And then we've got some shouldered overhead. So um, anything in particular with this workout? Of course, the sweat track has the individual option for those who, who don't want to do the partner workout. They want to go through it. It's going to build in the rest already. But is there any thoughts that you have on our Saturday workout? Yeah, so uh, a lot of times I like to, you know, kind of, playoff patterns and we did three rounds for time on Wednesday three rounds for time Saturday some weeks I like to do a start in the week with a 12-minute AMRAP you know I just like to play around with patterns and stuff like that it's it that that's kind of fun for me that's more of like <clears throat> I wrote an article a long time ago about the art and science of programming and that I really enjoy the art aspect of it on top of the science as well and making the numbers look good together and make sure they flow together well and and that type of thing play with patterns and stuff so um the difference is, like you mentioned, so this will be a little bit more faster paced workout because on Wednesday, you're doing two of the three movements together. This one, it's all one work, one rest. So this will be definitely a faster one, lower volume um, because each person's only going to run 400 each round. So that's 1200 total. You know, the jump rope, it's 150 singles, 100 doubles, three rounds. So it's about 150 doubles, 200, um, about 200 or so, uh, 225 singles, and then uh, 50 shouldered overhead. Um, three rounds. So that's 150. So about 75 each. So not a ton of volume, uh, a little bit higher volume on the shoulder overhead, but the other two movements, a little bit of lighter volume day compared to some, some, some things we've done in the past. And then the crossovers I've, I've liked, I've been enjoying putting the crossovers in for the partner workout because it, it gives people a way to practice the movement in a little bit less, um, a more accessible way and do it in a partner workout as opposed to straight into a individual workout where if they can't get them, they just get super frustrated. So it's a great way to be able to do it in a, in a setting, in a workout with your heart rate up where you're, um, also being able to do it with a partner. So it's not as much pressure. So, um, doing the crossovers and giving people the opportunity to do those as well, who have, um, seen them and, and wanted to try them out. Um, so that'll be a kind of a fun, you know, end of the week work workout. It won't be, it'll be, you know, the amount of work will be less, you know, each person will probably be working eight to 10 minutes or so, um, because one work, one rest. So it'll end up being a longer time, but the amount of work each person will be doing will be a little bit less. All right. So that's our week of programming. Um, what do you program on Sundays, Hunter? What do you do on Sundays? Sunday is rest. Always, always need a rest day. Um, I always recommend people if they are always want, if they're wanting to do something extra on Sunday, I always say you're going to get more out of resting than you would doing another workout. So rest is always a good day on Sunday. Um, take a nap, sleep in, you know, that type of thing. Get your mind right for the week. It's probably a good thing. I think it's a good thing. It means you, you're following a balanced program. If on Sunday you feel confident to rest and to know that, um, 
even if you want to do a little bit of something, that always that to me also is kind of healthy. If you have the energy to want to do something, but you know, hey, I'm going to just rest, it's going to pay dividends in the long longevity of uh, your ability to stay healthy and hit the correct intensity on the workouts that are uh, that are programmed during the next and the upcoming week. So um, I just can't can't value that enough as you look through the week of programming. Don't skip how that Sunday doesn't have anything, and hopefully. Um, hopefully it's a day where you can, you can rest and come in and hit the intensity all the way through the end of the week, uh, coming up next week. So any last thoughts on, on the week for, that was good. And I mean, we could do this for every single week and I always love talking about this kind of stuff with people, but, um, just ultimately just, I hope people know that I've done all the research and thinking and trial and error over 10 plus years of, you know, 12, really probably 13 years of this. And so, um, if you you know, just show up and do the work that's on the board every day, you will continue to make progress. And there's a lot of people that have seen that over the years. And, um, you know, whenever I see people trying to come up with their own thing or tinker this, tinker that, they're typically the people that always plateau or get hurt or whatever. And so just, if you'll attack every, everything every day with everything you got and not worry about what you're doing, just trust that, um, there is a plan and there's a reason why we're doing it. And if you want to know, I'd be happy to talk to you about it, but if not, just show up and do it. But um, that was a really fun discussion, and uh, hopefully this will stir some more uh, questions up for you guys to have. And just remi- just a reminder that if you ever um, have any comments or suggestions, just write them on a piece of paper and drop them in the suggestion box on the way out the door. Uh, there's a, a black bag. <laughs> yeah, that, uh... just kidding. I'm, I'm all, I, I always – I always mess with people on that, but I always do listen if people say things or I'm always also paying attention if, uh, people are, a lot of people are saying my legs are really sore this week. Uh, if that wasn't the intended case or well, what's, what's a little bit different, um, what's the reason why that's going on or whatever. So I'm always listening and, and trying to, uh, apply what I hear and see in class to make things better. All right. Um, I oh, would move on to the next segment. This you is didn't want to do it, huh? No, uh-uh. Outside the box. All right. We, uh, we went really long on that discussion, so we'll try to keep this short, but, um, what do you uh, what do you got going on outside the box? Man, we talked about this last week, but I've gotten to go uh, I've gotten to go turkey hunt the last couple of weeks um, with uh, Matt, one of our members here, and it's been one of the things I think I enjoy the most about it is I don't know just a ton, and so whenever I do things outside of the gym where I feel like there's just so much intensity, there's physical effort, I try to do things, and I've realized I've kind of gravitate towards things where I can. Um, ask a lot of questions and just learn. It's not things that I necessarily know a lot about, but I feel like there's so many different skills than what we typically do in here. So, you know, patience and, um, and just kind of trying to absorb everything from being outside. But I love being outside because I am, I'm, you know, we have a great gym that has all these windows and I like, I wish I could be outside all day if I could. So I try to get outside with hobbies and I think that's why I gravitate towards things like golf and hunting. Um, but that's, that's been going on. We've, uh, we've gotten to do some of that. So it's, uh, it's been nice being outside and being in the great outdoors. Uh, my wife and I went to her uh, next uh, appointment with her doctor and we uh, went ahead and did the uh, genetic blood test. And so, uh, by not by the next episode, but by the time we shoot our next episodes, hopefully we'll know if we have a boy or not in one of the twins. And it basically tells us if there's a Y chromosome or not. And so we'll know if there's two girls or at least one boy. And so we'll have an idea on, uh, what, uh, the gender of at least one of the babies, um, 
in a couple weeks. So we're really excited about that. Well, um, you got anything to recommend? I, uh, I, I recommended a TV show to you not too long ago called beef on Netflix. And I loved it. It was one of the funniest shows I've seen in a long time. And it was really hitting on a lot of the, uh, I think whoever did it was, is right around my age. Cause they were playing a lot of the music I used to listen to when I was in high school and junior high. And, um, it was, it was really funny. Uh, and I just, I thoroughly enjoy beef on uh, Netflix. So if you, uh, if you like funny show, it can, it could get a little out there from time to time, but I overall I thought it was great. Um, watch beef on Netflix. And I think it, I think it ended up doing really well so far. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad you recommended that cause we watched it and it's shorter episodes. It's not, it's not like an hour long episodes. They're about 35 minutes or so. So you can go through the 10 episodes pretty quickly. Um, but that was a, yeah, I love that show too. Uh, my recommendation is going to be from HBO max, which is actually turning into max starting in May, but it's a, a series called 100 foot wave. Um, it's new last year was the first season. There were six episodes. Uh, but this is about big wave surfers and the amount of effort they put into watching nature and watching what, um, what is happening to, and I don't even honestly know, know what they're exactly looking at, but they, they're trying to predict when, uh, circumstances are going to be right for these huge waves to come into certain parts of the country where they go and travel, where they, um, can go and try to hit these, you know, world record waves. It's basically a, a group of guys and there's some girls too that are just traveling the world trying to try to find the biggest wave possible and set world records and um, it's like I think water is a little intimidating to me Um, heights are intimidating to me and it combines both of those things it's unbelievable watching people just get out there and um, try to surf these hundred foot waves it is nuts so it's a really cool kind of look at something that you may not you know I, I didn't even realize was out there and it's become a thing so Sounds interesting. I definitely have to check that out. All right. Well, that's it for this week. We will uh, wrap it up now and uh, catch you next time. Silky smooth sounds.